You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. So is this is this all going to get edited out, or is this going to be this part here? No, I'm going to edit this out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. As you know, I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today... I have Rick Sell from Pure Salem Guitars. How are you doing today, hey, like, Rick? What's up? I'm I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, not bad. I'm a little sweaty, but you know I kind of do that, so it's not really that unusual. Oh, there uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> but here I am. I'm talking to you. You're in Florida. I'm in the uh, Pacific Northwest, and I'm complaining about being sweaty. But uh, yeah, really, really. I mean, I live with it on a daily basis. <laughs> it is hot down here. It, yes, we don't have the rain like you do. No, not not the same type of thing, not at all. So, uh, man, you're a busy guy. What did what did you have going on uh, today? Anything interesting? Today was a routine day, answering about I don't know fifty something emails, um, getting some guitars uh, to our tech, picking up some guitars. Uh, mailing some guitars out just a routine today was today was a regular day nothing nothing uh, nothing catastrophic or uh awesome then <laughs> just a normal day just just a normal day um talking to customers uh, answering emails um you know with the exception of this this is this is pretty awesome <laughs> right on well i'm glad to be an awesome part of the day instead of sometimes really, I've been thank called- you i'm, I'm um, I'm hum- I'm ac- I'm very humbled that you uh, that you wanted to uh, that you chose me to do to do this. So thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it, and and I sincerely I'm 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 humbled by it. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on. I think uh, it'll be a real enjoyable for everyone involved. So thank you very much. No, you're welcome. So we'll just jump right in. I uh, I uh, usually like to start off by getting into people's musical backstory so you can uh, talk about that oh my musical backstory is is probably similar to to a lot of people's um i uh my father i inherited my father's record collection and when i would my my parents were were divorced and on the weekends when i would go see my dad i would lock myself uh, I would I would immerse myself in his record collection, and we did all the dad and son things. You know, I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like it was a bad experience. Uh, it wasn't, but I was I totally fell in love with with music at a very young age. His record collection was amazing. He had a an uncle who back in in the fifties. Imagine he, my father was from Wisconsin, so it's like a total happy days vibe. Uh, his uncle was a DJ in a radio station in Wisconsin. That's where my dad grew up, and he had all of these 45s, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, Buddy Holly, uh, Elvis, all, you know, all of them. And I just started playing the records. And it was funny because at the time, what was happening on the radio back in the 80s, I really wasn't aware or in, or in tune to what was popular on the radio. My music that I was in love with was the 50s era music 
that to me was was the scene you know that was what was happening and i and i i remember it was funny one day i guess i was in third grade we had a school party and we people students brought in records and i realized that i was really behind the curve in a way when the students were bringing in van halen and human league and things like that and here I was bringing in Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis, and the kids, the kids, my my schoolmates were like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute." Uh, but that's but that's my that was my foundation. Um, you know that that's that's where I I started from, and I I can remember the first time I heard the song "Little Darling" by the Diamonds. I just it stopped me in my tracks. I got chills. I mean, that song just did something to me that uh, that I hadn't experienced to that point. Music, I mean, music, it just hit me, and uh, and from then on, I was I was hooked. I was hooked, and and you know, the, then the journey begins. You know, and you 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 go from one artist to another, and you end up, you know, discovering bands like the Velvet Underground and Half Japanese and Rocky Erickson and things like that. So. Right but it, it, it all it all started from my father's record collection. Yeah, that is a familiar story to a lot of people. That's a it's a good place to start usually. Um, the old men usually oh. have it pretty pretty well figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah he 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 knew he knew what the good stuff was. Um, I was very fortunate, you know. I and I'm glad in a way that I didn't start off with what was happening in the '80s. You know, at my at my age. That I was able, you know, because I kind of, I kind of got the whole rock and roll experience, you know. I I, I could kind of say I was there from the beginning in a way because I I started with the 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 fifties music, you know. I I didn't start with the classic rock, what's now considered classic rock. Right. Yeah. So when did you uh, first start? Um, how did that translate into you picking up a guitar for the first time? Uh, just my love of my love of music and something about the guitar just appealed to me. And, you know, I, I grew up in a neighborhood of kids. Um, you ever see the movie, the Sandlot? Oh yeah. Many times. That was that, that, yeah. What a great movie. That, that was the neighborhood I grew up in. It was like three blocks uh, worth of kids. And there must've been about 16 or 17 of us in various ages. And we would always be together and, and, if there was a stick on the ground, I'd pick it up and start playing air guitar. If there was a tennis racket in somebody's house, I'd pick it up and play air guitar. <laughs> so I just, I just nagged my, uh, my, my grandparents into finally getting me one, you know, and they're like, well, you don't know how to play. And I'm like, because I don't have a guitar, <laughs> right? you know, I, I need the guitar <laughs> to learn how to play. So they finally caved in and they got, they bought me a guitar and, uh, which was a mission back in the day because I'm a lefty. Oh right, that, right. Yeah, and that was my that was my first experience of of oh lefties don't have the same the the same choices that righties do. This this is not fair. Um, and uh, so it was a mission to find to find that very first guitar. And uh, oh yeah, but, but, but especially what year and, was this? Oh god, uh, I was must have been about fifteen. Yeah, uh, back in the eighties, back in uh, eighty four or something like that. So I imagine that the choices were even a little more limited than they would have been, like even into the '90s, as far as left-handed stuff oh, goes. Oh yeah, yeah, very, very, very limited choices. Very limited. 
Yep. Then we so, had to pay, and we had to pay more because it was a left. You know, <laughs> of course. Yeah. What did you end up getting? I I ended up getting uh, a 1972. I remember this, and it haunts me to this day that I that I got rid of it. Uh, a Gibson SG. Oh, nice. 72 Gibson SG. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would have been, that's a, now that's a first guitar. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, and I didn't know it either. I was too young and uh, not aware of, of things to know exactly what I had. And I didn't appreciate it the way, I mean, I appreciated it. I, I loved it, but I, I didn't really know what I had. So yeah. I traded it probably for some kind of uh shred looking guitar at the time you remember back in back then that's when the whole uh shred thing was happening and and i got it you know i i got some guitar with a pointy headstock or something and right pointy headstock and a floyd rose probably yeah something like that <laughs> hey we we all make mistakes it's all right i know i know i know god I've, and i've made a and i've and god knows i've made a bunch of them oh yes me too <clears throat> so um that was the first guitar and then like at what point? So I know you were a police officer for uh, a long time. How did that all translate into you wanting to start a guitar company? Like, obviously you loved it, loved the instrument, but like a lot of people love the instrument. How did that? How did you decide that that was what you were going to do? Oh, there's a few. Uh, I guess there's a few reasons why, uh, and I, and I think being a police officer had a lot to do with it because you see. You know, I, I I worked for the most part. I worked in a very uh, rough area, um, the Liberty City area, and I worked midnights for many years. And and it just you're dealing with you're dealing with violence and negativity, and and most of all this sense of hopelessness, just day in and day out, and day in and day out. You know, 21 years of 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 uh, of that, and you see how quickly life can be taken away um, and just, you know, by, by, by accidents or by just poor choices. Um, but, but that, you know, just that, that was one aspect. And I had a very dear friend pass away um, unexpectedly. And that was for me, that was, that was the moment where I said, you know what, I'm done with this because I had been on, I had been the job and run its course for me for several years now. Um, I, I got, I had gotten tired of it. Um, and when my friend passed away, uh, who was also an officer, I realized that life's too short to, to have regrets. I didn't want to be a, an old man on my deathbed wishing that I wish I had tried this. You know, I, I didn't want to be one of those. I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. If only I had tried this. So, so I spoke with my wife and I told her and she, you know, she was very, very supportive and she knew she knew I was unhappy and, uh, you know, we, uh, it's very corny, but I decided to go for, go for it and, you know, follow, follow that dream. And that's, that's how Pure Salem started. I mean, there was never any major plan or, or, or master plan. It just kind of, just kind of happened. So, uh, approximately what year was this? That was a couple of years ago. Um, we're, we're, we're a baby company. We're, we launched, uh, almost two years ago. Officially. officially officially right yeah there was a year there uh or nine months or so where we were we we were kind of doing the ebay thing because uh because of a minor setback with our very first manufacturer so we didn't really launch until uh 
until almost two years ago. Right on. So your guitars, they're, they're, I mean, just to say what they are, they're most of them are very different than what you typically see as far as body shapes go. Like the Tomcat is like my favorite one. Probably I think looks wicked. Um, the, where does that inspiration come from? That's cause that's just a completely complete departure from like anything that I'm aware of. Uh, I'd have not seen anything like some of what you have. Where well, do you, where do you those well, ideas come from? Oh, a lot of them, uh, uh, like the, the Tomcat's actually an old guitar that, 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 that's an old guitar. It's been around a while. Um, for me, I build or design the guitars that as a lefty player, I wish that I had the opportunity to, to purchase or to play because as a lefty, again, you're, you're limited to three or four models at, you know, back then it, things have gotten a lot better, you know, thanks to companies like Eastwood guitars, um, who I, I always, I always have to, I always say that they're a fantastic company. They've been great to left-handed players. Um, so, you know, be, because of companies like Eastwood, things have gotten better for lefties, but, but back in the day you had very few selections. So for me designing the guitars, it was just a matter of what would I like to play as a lefty? What weird or cool thing would I like to play? And then the next step was just mixing and matching and, and, and just changing things around different headstocks, putting binding, pickup, pickup configurations, uh, what type of pickups, you know, things like that. Right. right. Yeah. It's fun. It's like putting a puzzle together. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. So Tomcat, what is the Tomcat? I mean, if you don't mind, I don't, I've not, that one's really not familiar to me. So what you say, it's an old guitar. What it is, mind? it's an old, it's, uh, it's an old, um, uh, uh, guild model. Oh. Thunderbird, I believe. Oh, that's yes. a Thunderbird. Oh, yes. If you ever, if you ever caught videos of the band, the love and spoonful, their guitar player, uh, played one all the time. Is that the one that had a kickstand built into it? Yes. That's okay. the one. Oh, that the, the Tomcat looks different to me. That's interesting. I did not draw it's kind that. Of based, it's, it's, it's based on that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kickstand guitar, that thing, those are awesome. So good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, there. You know, it's fun. It, it, you know, what's funny? It, it, the whole guitar, the whole guitar thing is is funny, and it, it it's silly too. I mean, it's it's amazing, it's awesome, and then it's silly because you you look at it, and 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 now you, we we say, oh, that guitar is an amazing guitar, or the old uh, the old uh, Jefferson Ward Airline guitars. Mm -hmm. those, those are amazing. You know, look, look, those are amazing. But until Jack White came along and started playing one, nobody wanted one. Right, nobody cared. You know, they were, they, yeah, nobody cared. They were pieces of crap. They mm -hmm. were, they were student model guitars. You know, I wouldn't get caught playing one. Then you know, then Jack White comes along and does the most amazing things on the guitar and and rocks out on it, and everybody's like, oh, that's that's the greatest thing. Um, you know, same thing. There's there's a uh, there's a an artist. Uh, Dexter Rombar. I, I don't think I pronounced his last name right, but he 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 played in a band called the Flat Duo Jets, and he was a he was before the White Stripes. He was like a two man band thing. It was him and a drummer, a guy named Crow, and uh, he played the a Sears Silvertone. He still does, by the way. That's his mm -hmm. guitar. He plays a Sears Silvertone. Are you familiar with him? Oh yeah, the Silvertone models. Like yeah, they got all kinds of 
different right, ones. The amp, but yeah. the, right, the old amp in the case thing. Well, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. that's that's what he plays. Are you are you familiar with the band, the Flat Duo Jets? Or, I, or I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm familiar with the guitar and the amp oh, okay. in case, but I'm not familiar he, with the band. He's a beast. The guy is just amazing. Um, and again, here's a guitar that people considered a crappy student model. But you put it in this guy's hand, and he just melts the place. You know, the the, the walls just come cra crashing down. He's so good, and it's all in the hands of the player. You know, and in the in the bottom at the end of the day, it just it's the player. So I kind of rambled and lost my point, but uh, not really. You know, That's a pretty to, valid well, yeah, point. Just talking, yeah, you know, I was just, I was, yeah, I was just talking about how silly it is because people get so we're we're such gear nerds and me included that we get so we get so into the the instrument. But at the end of the day, you take a guitar like like the Sears Silvertone or the or the Jefferson Ward at the airline, and you and and what's con what was considered a crappy guitar in the hands of somebody that can play is an amazing guitar. So. You know, we take ourselves too serious, I think, as players. I, I, I fully agree. Um, I can't – I'm 120% guilty of uh, being obsessed with gear, which is kind of obvious because I am doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, because we're talking right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I, I actually – I kind of – I come from a little bit of a – I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Like a little bit of a different – kind of mindset where like be, probably because i'm so into gear like i think it matters you know like some people are like it's all in the hands it's totally 100 percent in the hands and i say i agree you know like hendrix is still going to sound like hendrix no matter what he's playing but like he wouldn't have played you know star spangled banner you know banner on a ukulele so it, you know to a point i think it matters but i think you're right we you get too into it and I forget about that. I actually need to play the thing to make it sound appropriate sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the same thing goes to uh, the th the same thing falls into recording gear. You know, you hear like engineers and say, you know, you can make great records with what, con what is considered entry level stuff. You know, it's just use, use, use the equipment you have to the best of your ability. You hear that a lot. You don't have to have the Neve or Nay, whatever it's pronounced, console and, you know, the state-of-the-art stuff to make a good record. You know, shit, a lot of amazing records have been made on four tracks, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. So you uh, just got to do – you got you to gotta do the best you can with what you have. That's a fact. I mean, well, the one that just popped into my brain when you said that was like Springsteen's Nebraska. Like, oh, love that album. It's a great album. It's probably one of his best, in my opinion. I'm not like a super yeah, Springsteen so fan, but I just love that album and recorded it on a four track in his kitchen. So yeah, just, 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 it, it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing album. Um, Christ, they even made a movie out of one of the songs. Um, Sean Penn made a movie based on one of the songs. Uh, you, you ever see the movie, the Indian runner? I have not. I did not know that. Yes. It is based on the song, uh, uh, which song is it about? Highway Patrolman. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, really, with the, oh. with the, with the, with him and his brother and yes. his brother. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, they he, Sean Penn directed this quiet movie. You know, it's like an indie thing. Nobody really knows too much about it, but it is a phenomenal movie. If you get a chance to see it, it's called The Indian Runner, and it's totally based on the song. It's oh. it's totally hundred percent based on the song. Um, 
Charles Bronson is in it. It's one of his final roles. He plays the father. It's just, it's so well acted. Um, so well acted. It was uh, Vito Morgeson stars in it. He plays the troubled brother um, before he hit the Lord of the Rings and became famous. And uh, if you get a chance to see it, it's just an amazing movie from an amazing, based off an amazing song from an amazing record recorded on four track. <laughs> In Bruce Springsteen's kitchen. <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's wow. I'm putting that on the list right now because that's my favorite song on that on that record. So yeah, that's it's a great, uh, that, I, uh, yeah. It's just it's just a it's just an amazing record. It, it, you know that whole record could be like a movie. Each song could be turned into a movie. You could just play play it out in your in your head. You know, um, it's just an it's just a fantastic record. He's yeah. he's an amazing songwriter. It is, and and what what is really dumb about it is that it's like, like I heard about that record for years, and you know I was a casual Springsteen fan. Yeah, 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 that's good stuff. Oh yeah, like like the Springsteen, and then I was like, ah, oh, I keep hearing about this record in Nebraska. All right, I better just buy it and 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 see what the what the fuss is all about, you know. And this was like two years ago, so I'm way behind the curve, you know. And I bought it and I was like, what have I been doing? with my life that I didn't own this <laughs> 10 years ago. I'm so stupid. <laughs> just like, uh, and you have, you know, and, and well, because it's a journey, the, 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 you know, I could talk about music forever. Forget about guitars. We could just talk about music. That's fine. And it's, it's just, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a journey, how you discover things, you know, and, and you got to give Bruce, Spring I'm not the, I, I think he's a, I think he's fantastic, but I'm not, I'm not, a huge, huge Springsteen fan. I don't know his whole catalog or anything like that, but you got to give that guy credit for putting that record out. I mean, he, he's a big star and he's, he put that record out and he's like, listen, it was recorded on, on this and it's very minimal and, but this is it, put it out. You know, not many artists today would, would do that. No. Of, of that, of that caliber, you know, of, of, of that, at that, you know, of that esteem at being at that level to, to do that. Yeah, I don't remember uh, like what album that was as far as in order, but it was he was already a huge hit by then. Like he was a big name. Uh, well, yeah, that or or big enough where he was coming up where that was a very risky move to mm -hmm. do that. You know, so credit to him. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, so since we're talking music like uh in your own like musical endeavors, who have been big influences to you? Like what have you what's your main thing that you kind of gravitate towards? Oh, I, you know, I, I think I ended up with, you know, I went through my heavy metal phase and my Tony Iommi Sabbath phase, which the mob rules for the, for the record is the greatest heavy metal record ever made. His, his tone on that album is just amazing. And his playing, he's on fire on that record. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Even though he doesn't like it. I read his autobiography, Iron Man, and he, he wasn't happy with his tone on that record. Which really? I, yeah. I thought, I thought it was the best tone he ever had, and his playing was just, oof. But I went through my heavy metal phase and, and my new wave post-rock thing, and I think I, I, think I ended just I, – I, where I find myself now is in the, uh, in the indie type do-it-yourself type of thing you know I, I i was extremely i was very influenced by the band uh half japanese um i don't know if you're aware of them but it's two brothers jad and david fair they started a band they couldn't play their instruments but that didn't stop them they said we're gonna do it and and they did it and they've been around for i don't know 30 years now and 
their attitude, their their DIY attitude is just so inspiring to me. And I love the band. Um, you know, it was wonderful to watch them grow and progress as musicians and songwriters and, and they're very prolific. Not everything, not everything, you know, not everything is great to me, but when they do hit, hit a, hit a home run, it's a home run. So I think they're fantastic. And, um, I think everybody should check them out. Uh, them, Rocky Erickson, the 13th floor elevators, huge, huge fan of Rocky Erickson. Um, so, you know, the Velvet Underground, those are those, that, that's the kind of stuff I like. Okay. And are you, are you currently in a band that kind of does that kind of thing? Or do you do anything like that right now? Or you, I can't imagine you have time to do that right now at the moment. Uh, you know, at the moment, no, um, no, but I was, I was so inspired by, by Jad and David that I did. I've, I've released a bunch of ugly lo-fi records uh over the years um i've put out about 11 or 12 records under the name uh oh god i shouldn't even say it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know uh i i you know that that, that they, they played my music on a loop to the prisoners at guantanamo bay that and that's how they found out where bin laden was because they, they couldn't take it anymore after like four <laughs> songs of, of my stuff they were like oh, okay we'll tell you anything you want to know just don't play that anymore so, yeah, don't play that. Oh God, no, no, don't play that. So, so yeah, I've put out uh, a bunch you, of I've put out a bunch of records. Are you sure that it, it could have been some of my early stuff they were playing too? And it's in there. I mean, uh, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, I just, I can't even. I can't even. That's all there is to it. I can't even. It's it's so bad. <laughs> I don't. I yep. don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. But you, but you know, it, you know what? It's 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 our love for music that makes us do it. I mean, I, I, I would write the lyrics, these songs and I would write them and, and I'm like, well, no one else is going to sing it. And I was too embarrassed and too, uh, nah, I don't know embarrassed, but just too, uh, introverted, I guess, to, to really go out into the world with it. So I did it myself, you know, and, and like if, if half Japanese could do it, so can I, um, granted they do it a lot better than I do, but, but I could do it, and whoever's listening to this can do it too. There's oh. nothing. There's nothing you can't do. Just do it. You know. Don't worry about what people think. And you know, it's funny because I, I would send the records out to 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 get reviewed in magazines and and webs websites and blogs and things like that. And to my surprise, uh, people liked it. You know, a lot of people liked it. And then I would sit here and I'd read the review, and I'd be like. Are they? Are these just people that are practicing their writing skills? And I mean, <laughs> because were they, are they listening to what I sent them? But you know, some people liked it, and that's the and that's the cool thing about music. Um, you know, I, I'm a huge Daniel Johnson fan, and you know, Daniel Johnson's a guy that would, you know, back in the '80s, he'd record into a little tape deck playing piano or acoustic guitar, and he would just an incredible songwriter. And I would, I love what he does. And then you could have somebody like, uh, you know, a Celine Dion who can sing and, and or any one of these, you know, divas, Mariah Carey or any other stuff. And that doesn't do anything for me. I just, you know, the minute it comes on the radio, I turn it off. I, I don't like it. No, I agree. But, yeah. But, but that, that's the cool thing about music. So, you know, we, we, there was something that called for us inside of us to do it and we did it. And, um, 
you know, I've, it's funny. I've put out a bunch of records. I think I've sold like 14 records, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I made 23 bucks, man. And I keep doing, and I keep doing it. Riding high, 23 bucks. Yeah. Time yeah, to start yeah, selling gonna, guitars. I'm going out to dinner tonight, <laughs> honey. Yeah, I know that feeling. Like, we just recently put out, me and my band just recently put out our first uh, real, what I would consider our first, like, real, real effort. Like, we've, this is probably the, I don't know, fifth record that I've been involved in. Um but they didn't really do a lot with them. You know, they would get handed out to friends and family, um, things like that. But they didn't really, we didn't really do anything with it. And this one, we kind of poured so much of ourselves into. It was like, well, I got it. We got it. We kind of all sat down and we're like, none of us are trying to make a living off of this. But we really, it, we really should put it out there. We've put too much of our ourselves into it to, to not actually have more people listen to it than just our mom and dad, you know, it's right. Um, so we, we did, we put it out a couple weeks ago and now it's kind of like you say, a few people have given feedback on it. And, and we, the other day we were looking at our iTunes reviews. There's only like a couple on there now. And most of them are us just goofing off and saying stupid things like reviewing our own album, um, and make kind of, <laughs> kind of making fun of it. Uh, <laughs> Capital Records should sign this band, right? Like, uh, yeah, some of them are really funny. There's one on there that I don't know who it is, um, but it's our kind of humor. Like, it's I feel none of the bandmates know who it is either, as far as I know. Um, but it was like our first review, and I was like, "That is solid gold." I have no idea who wrote that review, but it's so it's so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and you know, even the bad reviews because I've gotten some bad reviews. Those are great too. Oh yeah, you know. I, those are even funnier to read, you know, it's like, cause you can't take any of that to heart. I mean, uh, it, when I would read a bad one, I would, I would, I would chuckle. I'd be like, Oh, that's, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but you're right. You gotta, you, 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 you gotta throw them out there. You gotta send them out into the world. I, I think it's so amazing that I have records and, you know, there's some guy in Thailand that has one of them, you know, and has a, a, an Atlantic Manor CD, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there I have them in Germany. I mean, that's how cool is that? You know, something, something that I did in my friend's bedroom, you know, just put, we threw it together and, and, and there it is, you know, it's halfway across the world. Yeah. Somebody's listening to it. Like it, isn't it, isn't it kind of weird to like know that somebody is listening to it like other than who you would expect, like. Just like you say, I know that there's a few people across the world that have, that have it, and it's like that's so weird. Like that is it's it's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, back in the back in the day, I used to make mixtapes. You know, mixtapes was I was like the mixtape king. I used to love to make mixtapes, and and there was always certain songs that I made every mixtape. And I had a guy, I had a guy get in touch with me that there was a song, one of my songs that he just puts it on every like he's like one of his favorite songs, and I thought, how ama- how amazing is that? There's a human being walking the the planet right now who thinks that one of my songs is one of the greatest songs ever that you know it's one of his favorite songs and he's going to carry that you know like because you don't find a band you know you don't find music like mine unless you're a real music lover you know you're one of those people that's always searching and searching and buying CDs just based on the album cover you know and this looks interesting let me take a chance so this is a real music lover kind of guy and you know here he says you know that this song is 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 one of his all-time favorite songs 
that to me just blows my mind, you know, because I could be, you know, it could be a Led Zeppelin song on his mixtape, you know, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, The Atlantic Manor, Leonard Skinner, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, on the playlist there, I mean, you know, it, it just blows my mind. It, it is, it's an incredible thing to think about, like, and then it's, it's kind of makes you take a, a little bit of a step back and, and think about, like, your favorite bands, you know, like, especially growing up and, like, as a teenager and stuff, you, you kind of put them up there, like, wow, these guys are amazing, you know what I mean? Um, like, totally, these guys are just incredible. And then when you take a step back and, and kind of look at it from the other side, it's like, oh, they're people. They're not. You know, they're just like me. I mean, maybe more talented, but they're just like me. And, you know, it's, they're not yeah. these uh, untouchable, um, you know, kind of like mythical beasts or <laughs> whatever That's we true. make them into yeah. our, in our brain. And, and, you, and it's funny, since, since, I, since I started this and I got into this uh, business, uh, I guess, I've met, I've met a lot of these people. I've met a lot of artists. And... I have been so surprised at how pleasant these people are. I have yet, well, I kind of had a, I, there, there shall be one who shall remain nameless that was, was a little bit ego, I mean, just egomaniac. But, uh, I mean, I've met iconic people. I, you know, I, I've met Billy Gibbons, and Billy Gibbons is the nicest, most humble, down-to-earth guy. I, I didn't know what to expect the first time I... I I, I was going to meet him and we sat down and we talked for almost an hour and he was very pleasant, very approachable, very, very humble. Just a sweet, he's a sweet man. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the guys band, you know, just guys in bands, the black angels guys are, are great guys. Uh, the froth guys are great guys. Uh, you know, Ricky Tilo plays with Lady Gaga. He's just, he, he, he's a super nice guy. I mean, there's no, there's no egos with these people. They're, they're very, very friendly, very, very helpful. You know, um, I've, I've, I'm not used to this. I'm reminding you, 21 years of being a police officer, dealing with, you know, the negative side of things every day. You're not used to people being friendly and helpful and things like that. Um, even, even somebody that would, would you would think would be my uh, competitor, um, you know, I, I I think we spoke about this before. Um, Ken from Reverend Guitars is just the a super super nice guy. He he was very helpful to me when I started Pure Salem. He gave me some sound advice, and you know, instead of viewing me as a competitor, he he viewed me, I guess, as a friend or just a, a person in need of help, and. You know, and I'm grateful to him for that. And just people, people have been very nice to my to my surprise. You know, they've restored my faith in man, <laughs> coming from coming from what I what I was dealing with. So yeah, I that's mean, something I've noticed too, and I've talked right. about they're, it on, just on normal, a couple. They're just normal people. Yeah, it, it's <clears throat> it's it's something I've noticed too about this. Um, you know, this, I've mentioned this on a couple episodes, but this gear community, and you constantly hear the same story from everyone, it seems like. Everyone that I've talked to has been like, oh, everybody that I talk to is so nice and so helpful. Like, I wonder, like, if this kind of this business, for whatever reason, attracts that type of personality, uh, you know, predominantly. Of course, there's going to be some, you know, 
some people that are a disagreeable sort, but that kind of goes across the board when anything you get into. But is there right. something about this like kind of creative industry that like draws that type of person into it or something? I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe we're just sensitive souls. You know, I, I was told by, by a musician that musicians tend to be more sensitive. I don't know how to take that, but I don't know. Maybe we're just, we're just kinder people or we're creative people like artists and poets. And, you know, maybe we just, we see things differently, you know, uh, we're not so on the edge, I guess, you know, I could be, I, I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, it seems to go the same way for whether whether I'm talking about, like you say, artists or builders or whatever. Just anybody that I've been in contact with, associated with this project, it's been like, man, I really want to hang out with that guy. Like, <laughs> I wish he wasn't on the other side of the country. Right, right, exactly. We, you know, like you and my, you and I can go out and have some drinks and talk about, you know, music for for two or three hours and, and our wives would sit there and look at us like we're, we're idiots, you know, like, okay, enough already. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and my, you know, my poor, my poor wife at, at Nam last year at Nam show, I'm walking by all the booths and we're looking at, you know, the pedals and she's like, you just looked at a bunch of pedals over there at that booth. And I'm like, I know, but now I'm looking at them at this booth. <laughs> you know, she's like, it's, it's just a box. <laughs> It's not a box, honey. It's not a box. It's much more than a box. Mad, yes, these are magical things. You know, you you will not understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a. I had. I have kind of a uh, a pedal sickness, as many people are aware. And uh, I had pedals, you know, all over the house. I mean, I have my my studio that I kind of built out back uh, just last year, and that was you know where all the gear was supposed to go, right? And then. I just had pedals all over the house, you know, especially from, you know, um, meeting people through this, like reviewing stuff and then meeting people and they're like, man, that guy's cool. I'm going to buy one of his pedals just because he's so cool. And I think that's an awesome pedal, you know. So my pedal collection has kind of exploded this year nice. even more than it was. And uh, and so they were everywhere. They were just, they were in the garage because I was, you know, opening up and looking inside and checking things out and, you know, just sitting on the couch and twiddling with knobs <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's really yeah, bad they're, they're, yeah pedals are they're addicting they're <sighs> addicting and and then so and, my wife's and, like you got to do something with these so i built a uh or i converted an old gun cabinet into a pedal cabinet so that's where all my all my devices have been stashed and it seems to be cool. working out for um my wife's well, sanity when you walk when you walk when you walk by it do you like bow down to it like it's like a, a shrine you know i i do the kinda... music oh, come on and the light it, and heaven it, shines down on it and i actually do need i need to put a light in it it would look so awesome if i put a light <laughs> See, in it yeah we're geeking out now i gotta put a light in my pedal cabinet yeah maybe <laughs> our wives are right maybe they are just boxes and we're completely nuts oh no there's no doubt in my mind that we're completely nuts that yeah. I, I try to. My dad's a guitar player, and I try to get him into this kind of stuff. And he's like, "I don't get it. Like, give me my, you know, give me my SJ two hundred, and just let me, let me do my my thing." You know, he's think not, of all the think of all the money he's saved. Well, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, he's got some nice guitars and and a couple nice amps and stuff, but he plays acoustic 99.9% of the time and he has no interest in the latest fuzz box, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah, because the latest fuzz box is just 
the same old fuzz box, you know? It can be. Yeah. I don't I don't know why I have 15 of them now, but uh, <laughs> cuz they're cool. Cuz they're cool. You got to have it. I got to have that cuz that cuz that box is pink. That's I right. I have a pink colored box. <laughs> yep. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's a good that's a good segue that we went into. So, um what uh, another thing I like to talk about is what does your uh, current rig look like these days if you have one? I do. Um, I do have one, and you know, speaking about pedals, we actually are doing a a, a pedal uh, a run of pedals. I don't know if you're, if you're aware of that or not. I am not. Yeah, we. I I love fuzz pedals, and my friend uh, Brian Nelson, he runs a he runs a small boutique little pedal company called uh, 323 Effects. And you can call Brian up and he'll build you the most amazing pedal. Um, he, he does one-offs for people and he does fantastic work. And him and I have been friends for a while and I, did, I, wanted, to, I wanted to put out a limited run of pedals. So what, so what we created was something called the Salem Fuzz Project. And what the plan and the idea behind that is every year I plan to introduce two to three fuzz pedals limited runs um and we've done our first two pedals for the year we did the uh, pink beard and the honey bunny fuzz and we're working on another one called the, the attack captain fuzz and oh, nice that's gonna be uh thanks that's gonna be uh we're gonna kind of do the official debut at nam this year mm-hmm. and the first two pedals were limited to 24 but actually the attack captain fuzz i'm just gonna do 12 of them from now on and it's it's not a thing to make money. It's not a thing to. It's nothing more than my love for fuzz pedals. And what I what I anticipate happening is down the road they'll become sought after just for their their collectability, the aspect of it that there's only so many made. Right. Um, and and they're amazingly they they sound awesome. I mean they're they're built so well uh and so much brian put so much care into them they're, they're just they're they're incredibly built they sound fantastic they look super cool um you know of course we have to have one pink pedal in our board so you know the the pink beard is it um and that's that's the whole thing behind that is just every year to introduce two or three new pedals and and just have them become collectible you know and because right now the, the right now they're just another fuzz pedal on an already oversaturated fuzz pedal market. But, you know, who knows, 10 years down the road, that may be something that, you know, oh, there's only 12 of those made, you know, and I have one mm-hmm. type of thing, you know. And, and as far as sound quality, the sound quality is there. I mean, the sound quality, they, they sound amazing. The Pink Beard is just an insane fun pedal. And uh, the Honey Bunny is your, you want you want that 90s, smashing pumpkins thing oh, that's, the, yeah. that's your pedal right there so Gearman dude did a couple of video demos for him oh you okay can check those out yeah he's he's Love he's Gearman been dude. a big help yeah i do too he he's been a very big help for for me and in, in helping spread the word for my little company I, I i owe him a lot i'm very thankful to him that's another person that has gone out of his way to help me um and, I, and i'm thankful to him for that you know that's awesome you go, yeah. you gotta you gotta put me in touch with him. I gotta get him on the show. He's a he yeah, his his videos. I'm sure a lot of people the same way are partially responsible for uh, 
my my addiction. Oh, Christ. he's cost me so much money. Oh, <laughs> so much, so so much money. Oh my! I remember the first day my my buddy called, uh, he texted me. He's like, "You do you know who Gearman dude is?" I'm like, "Gearman dude, what's Gearman? Gear this is years ago, you know." And I'm like, "I get you on." You don't there. know who he is? He's he's Frank Black, right? <laughs> he's he's Frank Black or or Jack Black. I no, mean, is it or? Frank Black, Jack Black? I'm thinking of the Pixies. Yeah, I'm you're thinking of, uh, Black Francis <laughs> and Frank yes. Black. Yeah, that's right. He's yeah. uh, Jack, he's, Jack, he's Jack, Jack Black. Yeah, he's Jack Black. Yeah. He could be Frank Black too, for all I know. I mean, what a, he's still a mystery yeah, man to me. I've never never who met knows? the guy. <laughs> who knows? He's got nice boots though, and he's got a hell of a nice uh, pedal collection. He does, and he's got good amps and a white coily cord of destruction, and yeah, no, it changes the, the white, <laughs> yeah, the white coily cable of whatever it is today. Yes, yeah, oh. he he does great. He does great video demos. Oh, he's so he's so entertaining, and yeah, he gets great um great stuff to try out, and yeah, he's a definitely a definitely a reason I am an afflicted the way i am with my pedal addiction yep. so that's awesome I, I i did know you you were kind of affiliated with him i seen that on your website so that's really cool to know that's awesome yeah. so we didn't ever get into it we started talking about your fuzz pedals what's your current rig look like uh, well my current rig is um consists of a few customized pedals that brian from 323 uh is making for me um, Creation Pedal Boards is going to put together a nice board for me for the NOM show. Oh, I'm nice. excited about that. Nice. Yeah. Um, as far as reverb goes, I'm, I have, I've never, I've finally found the reverb that I'm happy with. And uh, it's, well, there's a few out there that I like a lot, but multi-purpose, um, the Digitech Hardwire Supernatural Reverb. Oh, that, that thing's that, awesome. Yeah. The, yeah. The one that the Pro, Pro Guitar Shop guys helped out with, that. And an alter ego for uh, delay pedal. Um, gonna use that. Um, Solid Gold makes some killer pedals. Their surf, their surf rider reverb. Yes, is yes. Awesome pedal. Awesome pedal. They're great people too. Um, but for for an all around, um, I use that pedal a lot when I record and stuff. But just to have on the board, I like the uh, Supernatural one. Um, and since we're going to be at Nam, people like to fiddle with the pedals and get different types of things. So, so that's that's another reason for it, right? A um, couple of our fuzz pedals, the you know the the three fuzz pedals we're putting out, and and that's about it. Oh, and then uh, um, uh, Yellow Cake pedals. Ryan from Yellow Cake pedals mm -hmm. has a new one called the Fried Gold, which I have yet to play, but hear great things about it. I'm picking up one of those and that will be on the board as well. So, so that's it. Very cool. That's it for now. Yeah. That's all. Uh, yeah. People I'm very familiar with. So very cool. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, and, Ryan and John have both been on the show. So yeah, good stuff. A small, a small world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I recently, actually the furry burrito, bleh, furry burrito is one of my most recent acquisitions and uh, yeah, I think sweet. So yep. Good times. Um, and then do you, which you, do you have a preferred model? Are you, are you playing one of your guitars? And if so, which model is it that you kind of gravitate towards? You know, it's, it's funny. Um, when I got the, when the guitar started coming in, I was like, Oh, I'm going to keep one of this. I'm going to keep this one for me. You know, the, the totally the, the non-business part of me, 
mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the geeky guitar collector player, like, oh, I'm going to keep this one for me and I'm going to keep this one. And then I realized, what am I doing? You know, I'm surrounded by all of these guitars. So that, that went away quickly because people wanted to buy the guitars. And I'm like, well, it's ridiculous for me to just sit here and hold on to it. So I, I do have a favorite model out of all of our models and I had one, I just had a new prototype built up and that Ooh. I am keeping for me. It's, it's, it's one that's been around a while. It's called the electric end. Oh yeah. That thing's uh, wicked. It's, yeah. It's kind of has like the, the, the larger horns on it kind of pointy. Um, it's not pointy in a bad metal cheesy way, just in a, in an old sixties Burns style, uh, Rickenbacker kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I love that guitar. I love the shape. It it's very comfortable sitting down, standing up. It's very very comfortable. It's very well balanced. It looks it's an eye catcher. You know, just you don't see guitars like that, and it sounds amazing. Um, you know, it's it's a semi hollow, and it's funny because the guys that are picking it up are like these stoner rock metal bands or or these punk thrash bands are playing it you know real high gain stuff and they're playing it and they love it it just it handles that high gain stuff really well um you know uh go bands like gozu order of the owl are playing it Jim, oh, nice. from uh from uh flag of democracy i mean these guys are these guys are hard chargers these are these are they are the real deal i mean these guys have been around since 1982 you know toured all over the place played with all the they they were the contemporaries with Black Flag, Circle Jerks, Minor Threat, Youth Brigade. I mean, these guys were like there in the trenches with them, and they're still, still kicking ass in Philadelphia. Same members, you know what I mean? They're just they're they're guys in, they're guys in their forties, you know, and they're they're just they're just doing it. They're still doing it, and you hear they they have a new record out, and you just hear it, and the energy they sound they sound like pissed off. 17 year old kids you know it's just <laughs> yeah That's awesome yeah I, yeah I hear it and I just I get so inspired by it because it's like man look at after all these years they're still doing it and they're doing it with conviction you know it's just it's incredible to see so that but he but Jim plays an electric end um that's one of his that's one of his uh main go-to guitars an electric end he has a levitation as well um so real happy he was jim was our very first artist official true blue artist that we ever acquired for our website you know for for our website for our company and you know we put him on the website but he's the guy that i'm most proud of having on there uh in a in a way because we've since we oh we've since we started we've been approached by a lot of a lot of musicians a lot of well-known musicians and Here's a guy who, you know, flag of democracy in, has never received the type of ex- exposure or, you know, because of the genre. They, 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 you know, they swim in a very special part of the pool. You know what I mean? They're not going to be, they're not going to be a huge household name type of band, but just based on the type of music they play. It's just no band in that really is going to be like that. So, so to still be doing it for as many years as they have with the conviction that they still have and the energy and the power that, that comes through, uh, you know, I'll take, I'll take Jim over any hotshot guitar player out there today. 
you know what I mean? I just, I feel like, I, I just feel like he's, I don't know, deserving or just, he's the real deal. You know what I mean? Um, you, you mentioned conviction a couple times, and I think to, to stick around in the same genre-ish thing, uh, you know, with the same members playing that aggressive of a style of music for that long, you have to have conviction. Otherwise, there's no way that band would still be doing what they're doing if they weren't all, you know, deeply believing and rooted rooted in it. So, Yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right. They have to be. It's it's impressive. It's amazing. You you know, if if someone could bottle that up and sell it, they'd be millionaires. (laughs) You're not kidding. Imagine. The country, our country, would be in such great shape if we had that type of <laughs> conviction and 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 you know attitude, positive attitude. They really are. They really are an inspiration, you know, musically, but just the way they handle their business, you know, and the way they conduct themselves. It's just there's something that the younger bands should uh, look up to. You know, they they're doing it for the love of music, and and that's at the end of the day, that's that's why we all pick up the guitar. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, Rick, I had a whole bunch more questions for you, but um, I do try to keep these shows to an hour, and uh, uh, we are uh, we are just a little <laughs> bit, little bit over that mark. And um, you know, I kind of figure everyone's either uh, primed and ready for part two, or they fell asleep. There's that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I tend I tend to go off on tangents. I apologize, Blake. I just oh, they were enjoyable tangents. Nothing to apologize for. All right. well, so, thanks. but that's good that because that opens us up for round two sometime, which will be sure awesome. Whenever you want. Oh Whenever man, you want. I'd love to do it. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, same here. I and, appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time out. And and again, I'm I'm humbled and and honored that you would even consider you know speaking with me. So thank you, thank you very much. Well, thank you for taking the time also, because uh, everybody that comes on the show is, is doing me a favor by by taking time out of their day, especially guys like you who I know are pulled in a million directions at once. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the guy from the Fantastic Four. You know, <laughs> I'm going here, a Lego in there. Mr. Fantastic. That's yeah. what we're going to well, start yeah. calling you. We're going to start well, calling yeah. you Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I can, hear my, can you hear my wife laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. All thanks, right, Rick. So you got all, it. All right. So for Rick, I'm Blake, and as always, everybody, good luck and good tones. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Hello. Hello. Oh, are you hey. still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, that was my closer. Did you hear it? I did, I did. That's why I didn't say anything. Okay, most people say goodbye, so I've been just rolling with it and leaving it in. But hey. yeah, I figured. Uh, let me not say anything. <laughs> this might make it in the cut. We'll see how I'm feeling when I'm editing. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm gonna. Hey, shut that it down. was a lot of that. That was a lot of fun. For uh, for we, sure. Hey, I'm gonna shut this down. Um, so it okay. uploads, and then I'll call you. Okay. Bye. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. 
So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com slash stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.